Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we have a special guest. We have Dr. Yvette McQueen, who is a global physician on a mission to educate about health travel wellness and disease prevention guys i think this is going to be a very interesting conversation that we're about to have obviously especially with what i like to call outside opening up again a lot of the questions i'm getting from people who are like you know fighting to really not only get out the house get out the city get out the their county get out the state get out the country and the question is always, how do I do it safely? And Dr. Yvette is an emergency medicine physician. She is a concierge travel doctor working as a physician across the U.S. as well as the Caribbean. She serves as a travel group physician, ensuring healthy and safe travel to her clients before and during uh, international uh, trips. Uh, she is a best-selling author, speaker, blogger, consultant, uh, wellness and emergency uh, care training, and international teaching uh, uh, physician for the American Heart Association. You know, pretty much she is an amazing doctor. You guys, you know how I like to do when I, again, I like to talk by myself a lot, but when I do bring guests on, I make sure they're phenomenal. And Dr. Yvette fits all of those categories. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Remember, if you have not had a chance, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Make sure you get those description in the links to follow Dr. Yvette uh, as far as her travels, pick up her books, everything that she's doing, you're going to want to kind of get behind and make sure you send this out to not one friend, not five friends, 10 friends. Let them know uh, about this week's episode here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. And for the thanks of being a devoted podcast listener, I'm going to give you opportunity to save 10% off today's purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Go to shop.drbarepierre.com. Use the coupon code EMPOWER10, all one word. You'll save 10% off your entire purchase. Remember, 50% of all proceeds are donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization giving out scholarships for high school students. All right, Lunch and Learn community, you are in for a treat. Um, if you listen to the intro, I know a lot, a lot of y'all like to skip the intro, but if you haven't listened to the intro, um, this is, I, I, I love bringing on amazing guests, special guests. And more importantly, again, I've talked about my journey as a, you know, as, as a medical mogul and shout out to Dr. Dre. And, and one thing I do is I love bringing on other medical moguls to really kind of show, you know, as a physician, all of the things and opportunities that are available to us that don't necessarily have to include, you know, just being in an office or being in a hospital setting. Uh, Dr. Yvette, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for and I'm like, I'm excited, especially in a time like this, um, when things are kind of opening back up again. So we're, I'm definitely want to get all your, your breath of wisdom again, Dr. Eva. Thank you for joining uh, the Lynch community today. Thank you for having me. I, I, I feel honored. <laughs> so, so 
I, I do have to, a lot of people who do like to, for some reason, kind of skip past and, you know, shoot past the intro, right? Because they like to get right into, uh, <laughs> you know, they I think they like skipping my little commercial or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't take it personal. Um, for for those who may have skipped it, right? Like, tell, tell them who is Dr. Yvette, like, you know, what is what makes you move right and like i said we're gonna like i said we're gonna get to some of your business uh today you know as far as everything that you're doing but like like who's dr yvette like who who, who should they know uh right, time so, said it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i am yvette mcqueen md uh emergency physician travel doctor and life wellness lifestyle coach a global physician on a mission to educate about health travel wellness and disease prevention I help travelers, executives, frequent flyers, professionals to stay healthy and well during their adventures and travel and traveling experiences. You know, it's it's so interesting, especially when we think about emergency medicine, right? When we think about emergency medicine, I don't think a lot of people think about the aspect of prevention, right? I don't think it's something that really like comes into the forethought, like, this is emergency medicine doctor talking about like prevention, like, like what, what has kind of led you to this point here, right? When, when, when you get to the point where you're educating us on how to prevent us from getting sick, especially right. When they may not be in the comfort of their homes. Uh, That's because, you know, what I see in the emergency department, I would say 60% is preventable. It really is. And I'm not just talking, people thinking, oh, trauma and accidents and gunshots. Well, that's not all I see. I see other things, of course, hypertension, diabetes. And I see people basically, I'm sorry, not taking care of themselves. Uh, (laughs) So Mm -hmm. a lot of it is preventable what you do. Now, there's, of course, accidents and things happen. And, you know, people don't expect to have strokes. Um, but as far as cardiovascular disease, keeping your blood pressure down, I actually sit down. A lot of people think emergency medicine is in and out, in and out, but I diagnose people with hypertension, diabetes, and I actually like to sit down and say, okay, now you have this diagnosis. These are some steps to actually manage it before you even see a primary care doctor. Uh, when it comes to travel, when I got into travel, I love to travel, have travel. I merged my medicine and passion for travel because I, I'll, I'll take you back. <laughs> so when I was fourteen, we, we hear this. This is this is. I, I, I tell I tell I tell all my guests to come on here. This is this is your world. I'm I'm here as the listener as well. <laughs> like so, you don't have to worry about it. Like wherever play you want to go, we going with you. Okay. So uh, when I was fourteen years old, I actually had a pen pal. This is back in the day when we actually wrote letters to people. Uh, I had a pen pal that lived in West Germany. And I'm dating myself because I said West Germany. That was when it was still divided. And it was off of the show. We had a pen pal. So when I was 14 in high school, I was able to go visit her. So that was my first international trip, my first airplane trip, and my first solo trip. I went by myself. uh, And I uh, got the bug. I loved it. So throughout my career, I've looked at things that allow me to travel. So as when I say I'm a travel doctor, as emergency medicine, I do what they call local tenants or temporary doctor where I travel around the United States and Caribbean and work in different emergency rooms. Um, I'm the substitute doctor. I'm the fill-in doctor. People lose contracts. I'm there. People on maternity leave. I fill in those shifts. So that way I get to travel, see the diverse United States, which is fabulous. So even if you can't travel internationally, (laughs) you should travel around the United States. Uh, And that's how I merged my passion. 
And then as I started to travel for fun, sometimes I travel by myself and travel in groups. Well, it ended up being that, you know, people get sick in groups. Who would they come to? It was like, wait a minute. I'm always fixing people on my vacation. I need to learn how to make this a career. Mm. And you know, what's, what's interesting, one, I love the fact that you you noted that, yes, I like traveling, but like, yes, we, and we're, we're not talking about always having to travel to Bora Bora and all these other different countries. Like, like the United States is huge. Like you could travel across the country and still have an amazing time. So I love that aspect. And I, I think your explanation of it is is so spot on of what an emergency medicine physician is because I think again I, I again I know these TV shows are out here so they think literally the only thing that comes in a hospital is the the person who stabbed themselves or like <laughs> I think they think that's the only thing that comes in a hospital um, but you you'd be surprised well I'm not I me mean, I'm a hospitalist so I understand like the amount of things that aren't necessary emergent in the case uh, but enough that someone has to do the counseling and mm-hmm. because even as a hospital physician I get I may especially when I was younger, right? My younger career, right? I used to get mad, like, oh, the ER doc's calling me. But I understand that for every one person that calling me, they've already discharged like four, right? Like it's, as, which is still kind of crazy that y'all see that many people, but like that's another <laughs> conversation um, in, in and of itself. But like, and so I, I understand like the amount of counseling that goes on. And I, that's why I want the lunch for me to really kind of make sure we pay attention to like ER docs do a lot of counseling and, and education, you know, that don't, unfortunately, sometimes they don't get the credit or not sometimes a lot of times they don't get the credit for it. I love, so I love, I love, uh, your explanation of what you know the, you do, especially as ER physician, and, and look, that bug, right? Like just getting that first travel bug to say, like, oh, I actually kind of like doing this is another thing. And now I'm talking to my medical students, my residents, those who think that you know once they get into this profession that they can't do right what they love, right? right. Like, that they have to like, all right, I'm here, I got to I'm working my nine to five. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to enjoy my time. Like, no, you still realize, like, I love doing blank, which especially in your case, which is the traveling aspect of it. And, and I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm not going to allow that. And and with such a, it's interesting, Dr. Erica, uh, uh, she was locums as well, too. So I love having, mm-hmm. again, this, and Dr. Erica is a double board certified psychiatrist. She will be on the, sh- uh, the show as well, too. Um, and she talked about being locums and kind of that traveling aspect of it. So I love that we're getting, you know, our physicians who aren't necessarily focused focusing and, you know, staking ground and, you know, being okay with kind of, you know, really kind of seeing, you know, really the world, especially here in the United States, as far as helping others who in areas that we may not be able to get that type of support from. Exactly. And actually, you know, people say, oh, well, how is it different? Because, you know, I go from north to south. Uh, I'm out in New Mexico right now. And one thing I've noticed is everyone feels fear when they come to an emergency room. They're sick, something wrong. Everyone's pretty much the same. Everyone believes and everyone hurts and feels. Mm. So you treat everybody the same, even though there's going to be different dynamics, whether it's a farmer versus the lawyer. Um, But you got to treat them all the same because guess what? The body is the same. Yes. So 
we talk about the kind of the maturation of kind of where you're at and then kind of getting almost like an epiphany, like, you know what? I am always taking care of people, even when they're out traveling. <laughs> like I need to figure out like what I can do to position myself to be there. Now, did you have, was there anywhere, obviously I'm an attorney, I'm a hospital physician. So I have people I can look at and see like, okay, they're a hospital physician, they're a hospital physician. Like, did you have anyone you could look at to say like, okay, like that person kind of does like what I'm doing, like, or was this kind of a road you kind of had to travel your own? <laughs> I kind of did it on my own. Mm. Well, when, um, as far as when it came to being travel medicine. So as, as far as locums, yes, I had some um, senior attendings that would, I was, when I was a resident, I would see them and then I wouldn't see them. I was like, wait a minute, you've been off for like two or three months. I haven't seen you. And they were like, oh, well, yeah, I, you know, they'll work a lot and then take some time off. And she's like, I was backpacking in China. And I was, I was like, wait a minute, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So um, I did my, I say, ooh, eight years of academic medicine where I had that shift and I worked for the university. And then I was like, okay, it's time to blossom on my own. And so actually, I've been a full-time uh, local tennis doctor for 12 years. So I control my own schedule. And that way, I'm not messing up anyone's schedule. So when I do want to take a month off, because I've done teaching in Africa, uh, teaching at, or done missions there, uh, teaching in hospitals, put it that way, not actually <laughs> not teaching schools, teaching in hospitals and training, uh, I can take a month off and go and do that. But as far as taking care of groups and uh, travelers, mm, no, I didn't have any guidance with that. I just kind of made it on my own. I studied. Um, there's uh, what we call the International Society for Travel Medicine. I joined that, um, took some courses, uh, some of it's emergency and wilderness medicine, and I teach that anyway. Uh, mm. But I added a little more things like tropical medicine, and I went from there. Can we talk about just this, this aspect? And I think this is a term that's especially going to be new for a lot of people in the emotional community. This aspects of kind of wellness tourism, like what, like when you hear like that phrase, that term, like what, what, like what, what, what do you derive from it? And you know, how would you kind of explain it to our community? Okay, yeah. So wellness tourism—that is one of the hot areas of um, travel right now. Is actually growing and it's, it's a billion dollar business, believe it or not. Oh, wellness. Wow. Okay. Yes. So wellness tourism is not and everybody think, oh, just wellness and travel. Uh, they think spa. You think spa automatically. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. Of course, there are some so resorts and um, say, you know, entities, hotels are now promoting wellness for their um, clients, whereas it includes nutrition part of it, actually changing their hotel menu so it can be more nutritionist. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going there and I'm going to have the comfort food, but it's also going to be healthy. They have activities or they've hired um, more activities, not just yoga. And people think, well, this is just yoga <laughs> and it's not. They include things like renting bikes now for or walking, walking tours, uh, bike tours, hiking tours. A lot of places will do that. And um, some of them actually you can actually get packages, whether it's relaxation or mental wellness, where they will have different ceremonies for you, or it could just be, hmm. uh, you know, healthy ones. Uh, so that's what wellness tourism. 
but it is hot. So there's like several, I actually am on the board of directors for the Wellness Tours, Tourism Association. So it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, in the United States, it's just really coming about, but it's been global in the world for a long time. Now, has that, had that has that been something that, especially with these resorts and, and you know, especially the associations in itself, have have they seen that need for like people who go on these vacations and, and who want to do you know more than just like sit back and you know eat? Like, is has that just been like some growing need? Because I, I would get I'm shocked by you know what you say like a billion. Like that's you would think a billion dollar industry, a lot more people would really know about it. Uh, yeah, I would say. It's been growing over the growing in the United States mm, okay. over the last 10 years, maybe. Right. Like I said, the world has been there. I mean, people think, oh, if you think back, we'll say, oh, I'm going to have this wonderful medical spot uh, wellness. And they think of like Switzerland or Sweden or somewhere they're going to do that. Well, they've been there for a while because if people a lot of people go to Bali um, they go for that Bali for that transcendental transformation. Oh, well, yes. that's been around for a while everywhere, actually in every country. You can do it in Turkey. You can do it in India. Uh, you can do it. Actually, the, the number one spot is actually in Germany. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> actually, number one uh, spot is in Germany. But yeah, it's been around. Um, but yes, people are finding that they need to take themselves out of their daily life and look at other things, you know, because that's the whole thing about wellness. Wellness is not just people think, oh, it's just the body and it's just the, how I eat and it's my physical. It's about your social. It's about your intellectual. It's about your mental. It's about your emotional. And that's what they actually combine a, a whole body experience for wellness. And what's interesting, and I, lo I love the segue that we're about to go into it, is that especially when, when you think about people wanting to do more you know, we're, we're getting into we're getting into the summer months, right? You know, summer summer is here, and you know, obviously, and, and I definitely want to talk about your experience last year during kind of COVID and what that looked like, like really around the world. But more importantly, you know, as as outside, you know, I've, I've seen the term outside opens up again, right? Like mm -hmm. people, and the question I'm getting, right, and I'm pretty sure a question you obviously get out of that is like, like what can I do right for, for really a healthy and safe travel, like moving forward? Like, like as we move, and I hate, obviously as an attorney, I hate to say away from the pandemic because the pandemic's still here. Still uh, here. But like, yeah, like, so like, <laughs> but, but people are traveling, like they, they can't wait to get up out of here. Right. Or just leave their locale, wherever their locale right. is. So uh, I'm getting a lot of questions of how can I do it in a healthy and safe way? Like, what, so what, what, what would you say? <laughs> what would you? Okay, this is my favorite topic. Here we go. <laughs> healthy travel. Guess what, people? The only difference that I'm doing that I did pre-pandemic is wear a mask. So mm -hmm. these are everything I did before the pandemic. So basically, you have to take care of yourself. A virus, and I'm sure you've gone over this, a virus. We can't kill a virus. It's going to be around. Um, but virus, this one is, of course, passed by air. So healthy travel. First of all, so three things I'm going to tell you with healthy travel. One, plan. You always got to plan, plan, plan. 
So nowadays with things, some things are open up, some things are closing. If you're crossing state lines, you need to know what the destination is requiring because there's different requirements in Texas and, and New Mexico, and they're right next to each other. So you need to say where, the destination I'm going, uh, whether uh, the hotel is available, the capacity, the restaurants, what's their requirements. Uh, if I plan to go to museums, because a lot of museums in like DC was closed or only saying you have to have tickets. And if you don't show up on your time, you lose because they only want so many people. So those are things you need to plan for. Hawaii is a big one. Like a lot of people are going to Hawaii, which is the United States. Well, they require for you to have right now a, a COVID negative test within 72 hours, but you need to only have it at certain facilities. They're not playing certain facilities. You have to ah. upload the information before you get there, Put get a little health form, have a QR code. And sometimes they won't let you board the plane or if you land, they won't let you on the island if you don't have all the requirements. Two, since everyone's going there, mm -hmm. people's right. like luau's are booked for six months in advance. So you need to plan your right. They didn't wow. have any cars for a while. It's a whole car rental problem. There was a car shortage. They had like moved all the cars off of the island during the pandemic. So they're getting the cars back. So rental car shortage. Um, yeah, you have and people can't book like their sunset cruises. Now they you get there and wait to book it. You're just going to be sitting on the beach. That's pretty much it. Um, so that's why you need to plan, 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 plan what you plan to do. Um, two, hydration. Oh, like you said, we're coming up in the summer months. You know what? You just need to hydrate, hydrate for everything. All travel will dehydrate you, whether it's the plane, whether you're in a car, whether you're on a train, you changing your routine, you changing your activities. Uh, you may be out in the sun more. So the whole thing, hydrate will re reduce the risk of um, blood clots. It will reduce the risk of jet lag. Uh, it helps to lubricate your joints. It keeps your, your skin moist uh, during the summertime. And then what I do when I, I fly almost every week, like every other week, um, I do take my hand sanitizing wipes, whatever brand you want to use, alcohol, Clorox, whatever brand you want to use. They have been cleaning the planes a lot better, uh, especially in pandemic. They was like, oh, we clean the planes. They started slack again. They started slack again. <laughs> I'm watching them. But when I get on spaces, I do what I call high contact areas. The, the, the seat rest, the little button, the monitor, my seat belt, the window shade, and um, let's say the uh, tray, whether you pull down or pull out the tray. Those are things. And I, I did that before the pandemic. So, so, you, you, so pre-pandemic, you were. I did it. Yeah, that whole video of what was that model that she did. I don't do the seat covers, but I did it. I cleaned everything before. Everybody used to look at me funny. Back then, mm, when I did they it, they don't do it no more, though. They don't do it. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, like a couple people like, can I have a couple of your wipes? Like, yeah, I always have extra wipes. <laughs> I am, don't. I'm going to tell people on the planes, don't put anything in that seat back pocket. Because people have a tendency to put their trash back there, including dirty diapers. And they sometimes sit there. So you don't know. And I don't know if they clean down in it. So when you take your iPad and put other things in there, guess what? You're pulling up something. 
Thank, thank That's you. That's the one I tip. Pre- appreciate that. that gets, uh, lunch learning community, I don't know if y'all realize, but I'm mentally writing so much stuff down. I'm like, okay, all right. Like, no more seat back. Like, that's done. Like, that's out of here. Okay. Don't use and it. What, what, and what I love is, I love is the fact that you mentioned, this is this is pre-pandemic stuff you were doing. So, like, the stuff that the changes, all the things you're saying, have, it didn't really affect you because you were doing that anyways. Right. And the only thing that was different, the mask. That's it. Now the question question I'm gonna get is, you know, do you are you uh, are you wearing your N95? Are you wearing kind of like the regular mask, a little bit more available? Like, what, what type of mask are you you rocking? Okay, so you gotta think pre-vaccinated and vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> so before I was vaccinated, fully vaccinated, it was N95 double mask. No, okay. no N95 double mask, and I wore. You know, I wore it at work. I would be just like I would be at work in 95. And then I would put another like surgical cloth mask on top. Um, and I'm used to wearing it 12, 14 hours. So my flights usually was like two or three hours. So it did not bother me at all. Uh, post pandemic, it depends. I mean, post, I'm sorry, post vaccinated because we're still in the pandemic. It depends on the environment. And be honest with you. Um, so when I I flew the one airline, Delta. Uh, I flew, <laughs> we're not being endorsed, uh, the one airline that kept the middle seats the longest. So I felt yes. a little bit more comfortable. And a lot of people were like, it's not six feet. It was the number of people on the plane that really gets you. And I didn't feel crowded. I didn't feel crowded. Um, I probably just wore the single mask then. Now the, these planes are packed. They're overpacked. They have children on there. People rubbing their nose, even though they're supposed to have their mask on. Because guess what? I've been diagnosed in the flu lately. So as people are removing their masks, they say, oh, I'm vaccinated. I'm removing my mask. But people are forgetting there's other viruses out there, baby. There's other viruses. And a lot of people skip getting their flu vaccine because of COVID. So I've been diagnosing the flu and RSV, which is the child virus. It's high right now. It's high. So let's to me. I don't know if you, you probably don't realize, and we're recording this in June, um, about to be July. You, you guys don't probably realize the, the importance of what she's mentioning because we typically will like one, like as a hospitalist, I didn't diagnose a single flu during peak flu season. Wow. We're not even in peak flu season. Mm-mm. We're supposed to be getting out of flu season. And yeah. Dr. Yvette is actually starting to diagnose more. Which right. is, and I know, I know. Obviously, this ain't this ain't this type of episode, but like that that may be a concern because the, those diseases that we used to be able to see in October, November, December, if we start seeing them in June, July, August, at hmm, that's gonna be very interesting. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. She because, dropped the bomb. She she don't even realize she dropped. I'm like, oh, okay, that might be <laughs> right. Because, and I'm gonna be honest with you, like you said, this is an episode we're supposed to be talking about travel, but the hospitals are full right now the hospitals are full and it's not it's no longer COVID like the COVID numbers are going but because people put off seeing the doctor or other things that we take care of mm-hmm. they're actually a lot of sicker patients so the hospitals are pretty full right now in July when this is like you the said slow. June and July is, which is, yeah, this is usually our, our slower season, season. Right. Wow. Okay. All right. So we, that's something we have to keep an eye on. Lunch learning community. I, again, this again, you know, the event dropping bombs left and right on us. And uh, again, we we definitely need to keep an eye on that because again, I got a lot of people who weren't getting that flu shot for sure. 
And of course, they they try to they try to use my words against me because they because they heard that I said like the numbers are have dropped dramatically. But the reason why they dropped dramatically is because y'all was wearing y'all masks, right? Y'all, but, but if y'all start taking them off again, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, okay, interesting, yep. interesting. Yeah. Now, did you have especially and obviously this is probably a two port two time period question? What were some of the fears people would have? about traveling, especially from a health-related standpoint, before the pandemic. And and obviously, I'm assuming the fears that they have now are probably situated around COVID. But like, what were the, what were the pre-COVID fears that, you know, someone may hit you with? Like, Dr. Yvette, like, I'm scared of this. Like, what were some of those things you would have to run into? Um, pre-pandemic, I think a lot of people would fear... One, if they if they didn't fly a lot, there's fear of flying. And basically, when you get up there and you have your turbulence and, you know, you get anxiety. Um, but as the pilots like to say, turbulence is a natural phenomenon as you go through the clouds and everything and usually under control. I tell people to watch the flight attendants, to watch the flight. If the flight attendants are sitting down, buckle your seat and sit down. If they're up moving around, even though you're bouncing around, you're okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> and then if, um, you know, some people feel with their flight anxiety, they need to drink alcohol. That actually makes it worse. Um, and it also dehydrates oh. you. Actually, yeah, it makes it worse. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if, if it's really to a point where uh, you have flight anxiety, I say speak to your physician. And maybe they can give you some um, medication ahead of time to help mm. you. But you can't mix that medication with, with alcohol. alcohol. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> uh, I also say that one of, and it still is one of the biggest um, medical problems when people are traveling, particularly internationally, is traveler's diarrhea. So people are usually was concerned about that. Can I go? Can I eat the street food? Can I experiment with the food? Should I drink can I, the can water? Can I drink the water? Yes. Can I, I drink I, the water? There's, there's so many, so many like TV shows I see like, don't drink the water. It's got to be bottled. And like, is that a thing you tell people? Like, it's got to be the bottled water or does well, that? If you're internationally and you're in what I call a developing country where their water system is not up to par and everyone thinks of Mexico, even though Mexico is not a development, but still some areas of Mexico, you should not drink the water. <laughs> Don't drink the water. And you should, you should drink bottled water or ask for like steel water or sparkling water. If it's bottled and it's sealed, that's good. But also people forget about things like ice. Okay. You're going to get a drink. And mm. it has like, like I'm, sometimes I'm in Africa mm. and they like, you want a soda? Yes. No, no ice. I've learned to drink warm soda because ice is made of their water. You also should think of I never uh, eat lettuce or eat salads when I'm in those type of countries, because guess what they wash the lettuce with? The water. So if you can't peel that fruit or vegetable, if it's not boiled, if it's not broad, and that's the thing CDC tell you, don't eat it. Don't eat it because they're Ooh, using I, the water. I love that. I love that. And, and I, I, lo- I love how you hit us with the ice and the fruit. Cause that I, like, I definitely didn't even think about ice. I didn't even like that for some like water, 100%, but I didn't even think about like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Throw a couple ice cubes in there. Cause, and that just makes all the sense in the world because again, where you think they the ice is coming from water. Like, <laughs> and is, that, is that because, is that just because like our bodies aren't really used to their water systems? Is that usually what causes like a lot of this, 
like diarrhea that we that we usually experience when we go out? Right. There's, so there's a couple of reasons. One, it could be the filtration system of their water. So usually when people are in the resorts and things like that, they, they have filtration systems. And they, actually a lot of resorts would tell you, yes, you can drink the water. No, you can't because of filtration. Um, you know, the United States do have one of the best water filtration systems, except for Flint. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, as far as uh, taking out the bacteria. Um, so uh, in other countries, too, you got to think the same water source that they bathe or they wash their clothes in is where they're getting the water source for you to drink. So that's mm. one thing. Or it could be you're not used to um the bacteria that land. Like a lot of people go to Thailand. Thailand is, you know, a, a, if you're in the cities, if you're in the cities, you're, you know, they have the filtration system, but you may not still be used to the bacteria of that country, your GI tract. So it's not necessarily food poisoning. People are like, oh, I got food poisoning. Not necessarily your gut, just not used because they eat it and don't have a problem. Right. <laughs> so maybe it's just your gut that's not used to it. So that's, you know, people like to experiment. That's that's what travel is all about. Um, but be prepared for, you know, if there's traveler's diarrhea. And I tell people uh, if they have more than four stools a day, uh, they lose and runny, um, then they uh, should seek probably medical care. I tell people if you feel like you having traveler's diarrhea every time you have a stool, drink a glass of water. So you can stay hydrated up or, of course, right. the bottled water makes with sense, it. Uh, some people give people medication ahead of time. Some doctors give people medication. Be careful with that because there's been recent changes. Everyone, you know, because I'm in a travel group, they'll be like, oh, I have my Cipro in case of my traveler's diarrhea. That's no longer the treatment. Mm. That's no so longer, according to the International Society of Travel Medicine, that's no longer the treatment. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. And and obviously now post pandemic, everyone is, you know, fearful and scared of COVID, right? I guess I'm assuming like that's such a big like COVID. They're not COVID, fearful. COVID. If right. you see these planes, if you see this airport, <laughs> they're not fearful. <laughs> Evidently they not. They think it's over with. They they they're done with. Um some people, no, I don't even get questions about, you know, last year I did get I'm, questions I'm about so COVID. glad you said that because I was wondering, I'm like, are people even afraid of this anymore? Like, is this no. a, wow. No, they don't. Unfortunately, uh, of course, if you vaccinate, that's great. Um, but you got to think we're not all vaccinated. What, about 61%, 62% yeah, of the country? Yeah, and, that, and that's just the country. And, and, and they're traveling to areas that don't have, you know, the, the even the ability, right? Not even don't, you know, because we got a lot of people who don't want to get vaccinated, but even the ability to vaccinate it, I see a lot of, a lot of you know, U.S. citizens traveling to those type of areas. And yes. of course, I go crazy. Don't do like, that because their healthcare system. I tell people one of the part of my planning is, Look at someone's healthcare system. Even if you think people, I'm going to the Caribbean. So I, I last year I did work on St. Croix. So that's one of the virgins, U.S. Virgin Islands. So that's a U.S. territory. They have to healthcare. There's one hospital per island. They have a healthcare system that will not be able to take an outbreak. Uh, maybe eight ICU beds, maybe ten, on in one hospital. So if you're dumping, and that's the whole thing about the cruise ships, 
the cruise ships, I hope, please don't come after me, cruise lines. But you, <laughs> they're carrying, if, and they say half capacity. So the biggest ship carried 6,500 people. So if you do a half capacity, you're still carrying 3,000 people to an island. An island, the healthcare system that if you bring COVID, even though you say you test everybody, there's mm-hmm. people that's been missing it. Then you bring COVID to that island and you interacting with all the staff, the taxi drivers, all that. You leave. Now COVID is upticking on this island, ramping, and their hospital is overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Guess what? It's hard to ship people off of those islands. So when people visit, like you say, you visit the United States citizens are visiting these other islands or places, particularly if they're not vaccinated. I do know St. Croix got good vaccination. I think they're up over 80 percent. But people are going, I mean, New Zealand, uh, Australia is not totally uh, vaccinated. That's why they're not letting people in. I mean, you look at countries that's not vaccinated, like 10 or 12 percent, and you want to go visit them. They can't protect themselves if you are a carrier. So guess what? If you're vaccinated, you can still carry it to someone else. And and that's um, I'm so glad you touched on that point, because I think that's where and obviously community members, you know, you, you probably heard me say this before. You know, a, a lot of you are thinking that because your test was negative 72 hours before that you're all good to go. Not understanding that, you know, you could have this virus that doesn't pick up for seven to 14 days. Right. So in that seven, so 72 hours, you go, you go for a week long trip. You may be back right before that test even comes back positive. But guess what? You were spreading it the whole time you were enjoying it. And because you, you're negative, you likely didn't have your mask. You're talking. And then by the time, you know, the, the citizens who are there, the workers who are there, the essential people who are there, they get ill and affected you back home. Right. So you, it, it doesn't even like register on your radar, like, you know, some of the mess that you've kind of left. So I, I'm so glad that you really touched on one, you know, the aspect of, you know, this fear factor. Uh, unfortunately, we would think isn't really there. Uh, and, and it definitely sounds like you're, you're the most important, especially that first point you mentioned was this this aspect of planning. And that seems to be such a because you mentioned it quite a few times. That seems to be a huge um, you know, factor whether you're going to have a good trip or not, like especially when you start traveling, like, you know, broadly or even just kind of domestically in this country. Yeah. And two, you know, as of in January 26, if you travel internationally and you want to come back into the United States, come back home, <laughs> you actually have to have a negative test um, to within 72 hours of coming back. So if you at the resorts, a lot of the resorts have changed it and they know the U.S., and they'll say, okay, what day are you leaving? And they schedule you your test, like the, the concierge or whoever's in the resort will schedule a test for you. If you stand at somewhere like an Airbnb or somewhere that's not related, you're going to have to find your own test in the clinic in that mm-hmm. locality, which may be hard. And you're going to be paying like $125 to $200 U.S. dollars for that test to get back. Interesting. Into, yes, to get back into the United States. Two, I tell people, you leave this United States, everyone needs medical travel insurance. So everyone thinks, oh, I have travel insurance. I tick that box for baggage delay, you know, baggage <laughs> loss, baggage delay, travel delay. Some of it doesn't have a medical component to it. You need to read a fine print on it. You need the medical part of the travel insurance. So first of all, if you test positive and you can't get back in the United States, they're not going to let you board that plane. 
because you got to have that to board that plane. So you're stuck in wherever you're at for 14 days. So this travel, if you have medical wow. travel insurance, most of them will cover and they put the clause in there, COVID coverage. So if you end up being positive, it covers you to stay wherever you're at for 14 days until you can travel back home. But even pre-COVID, I tell people, you never know when you're going to get sick. You never know what's going to happen. And and other hospitals don't take your Aetna, Blue Cross, Medicare, <laughs> Medicaid, <laughs> Champus. They don't take that. They want a credit card. They want money up front. I mean, even places like I was in Bermuda. And my niece had an accident on a moped. We had to give them a credit card for her to even be seen in the emergency department. So that's why uh, <laughs> medical travel insurance help you. Because, I mean, you're right. You can be on a moped, an ATV, have an accident. I know one friend, she was um, white water rafting in Africa, you know, and she went over some rocks, broke a leg. And she not only had to be flown out of that country because they couldn't take care of her. They flew to South Africa. She got treated and then she had to be flown back here. But her medical travel insurance covered all that. <laughs> because if you I need to fire up a medical evac plane, that's automatically $30,000. Yep. That's not even a doctor or the equipment. That's just using the plane. And it's, it's so funny, like it's like I was, I was just like thinking of a mental picture, like imagine if you like you walked in this right here in the United States, you walked into your your emergency room and they say, where's your credit card? Like, you know, the doctor's not even coming around Mm-mm. to you. It's just some of the things that we really take for granted right. here that that one percent is not the norm. Um, right. do, you, do you find a lot of people just like kind of brushing off this whole medical? Like, oh, wow. yeah, definitely. Um particularly the under 40 crowd, uh, because they feel they're invincible. They yes. really do. Um, yes. You know, or, and they're the ones that's most adventurous. They're the ones skydiving and jumping and whitewater rafting and doing all this other stuff. Now, some of my older crowds, which I deal with, I shouldn't say older crowds, seasoned. Seasoned, yes. Seasoned, um, because uh, they do have medical problems. So people have come to me and say, hey, you know, I have, X, Y, and Z, and I plan on going to this country. And that's what I do as a travel concierge physician. Okay, you're going to this country. So how long are you going to be there? Where are you going to be staying at? What are you going to be exposed to? Um, in case you get sick, let's research some facilities you might need, or these are things you should pack because mm-hmm. of your you know, medical disorder or problem, things like that. People don't realize the... Um, American Disability Act does not, and the point is it said America does not affect other countries. Most other countries, it is hard for disability. It is hard for wheelchairs. It is hard for people walking with arthritis up and down the stone cobble steps, uneven steps, down steep hills, stairways aren't, you know, measured. That's something that that everyone, everything's not wheelchair accessible. Uh, in the world. So people, what did I say? Plan. Plan. Oh, I love it. I love it. Before, obviously, before before we let you go, one, like, when I got to ask, like, wh- how many places have you been? Like, because I know some of the lunch learning community is probably like, like, where has she been? Because she looks like she's been like, how many places have you been I mean, in, your, in your travel? 
actually, uh, not as many as some of my other traveler friends. Hmm. Uh, I've been to 42 countries. Wow. And I've covered, <laughs> I've covered um, 34 of the United States. Wow. Yeah. Hey, again, I'm never, I'm not a traveler. I'm just not, never sure. But like this, I mean, just here, 42 uh, is, wow, that's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And obviously, before before we kind of let you go, right? We, we you kind of mentioned, you know, the fact that you know you you work and you do concierge, you do consulting, everything else. Like, what? And I always, I, I, every time I get my mobiles, I always ask, like, what kind of led you to say, you know, what I want to do more, I need to do more, um, and and fill that void. Like, what kind of what? Like, what what was it? What was the driving force behind that? Oh, uh, well, like I said, driving force was that I. You know, I would go on a couple trips and people would get sick and I would take care of them or like a, even one of them, someone got sick and she get couldn't get on a plane. So I ended up staying like with her, help her hydrate her up, uh, wrote a fit to fly. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is real. I could do this. Um, but my other thing is keeping people healthy um, because people want to travel for not only for experiences, but to learn different cultures. And that's what travel is. Broaden your mind, your worldview of how other people live in different cultures. And um, you want to be able to um experience that culture, but stay healthy while you uh, have your travel. So I think that's what led it to. And then I have to stay healthy too. I love it. I love it. So how, 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 how do people work with you? How do people go on? Like how, like how do people get in the Dr. Yvette's world, right? Like that's, <laughs> I know that's a question, you know, that, you know, people, especially because I do have lunch and community members who are like, you know, travel hungry and they see outsides opening up, maybe they're hopefully they're vaccinated, especially if you listen to this uh, podcast, hopefully you're vaccinated, right? Like, like, like how can people kind of follow what you do, um, you know, get with you, travel with you? Like what, what's, what's, what's that, what's that, okay. what's that process like? That process. So first of all, if you want to just follow my wellness and travel tips. So um, uh, I would tell you on all social medias except Instagram. They messed up my account. But anyway, <laughs> all social media, I am Yvette McQueen, MD. So Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. I do some YouTube things, too. So Yvette McQueen, MD. On Instagram, I am Dr. Travel 911, Travel 911 on Instagram. But if you want to work with me, if you want um, to set up an appointment where I do like a pre-travel consultation or tra- even travel with your group, I'm available with that with six months planning. Uh, you can go to my website, which is EvetteMcQueenMD.com. And remember, listening community members, all the all of the links that she dropped and mentioned will definitely be in the subscription in the show notes. Uh, you know, again to, to kind of follow along. Like I said, definitely excited. Um, you know, about, can I say one other quick thing? Oh, you can, this again. This is this is your world. Okay. I'm just here. I'm just okay. Here. If you and two, if you want to, I call it a doctor in your pocket. Okay, so I recently wrote a book, Travel Nine One One, a health guide for adventurers. So it talks about things you should pack medically. It talks about how to prevent jet lag and if you get it or high altitude sickness or sun care and just the, and it has a little first aid chapter in it too. Uh, it also has a diagram of CPR in case you need it. Um, but you can get it on Amazon or at travel911book.com. 
Oh, I love it. And, uh, you know, what, what I love, right, is not only are you putting your knowledge to good, right, you're, you're putting it again. And I love I can only imagine what that YouTube channel looking like, because, like, I think as a physician, as you know, as a, a person who is we're, we're seeing a light. Right. I think traveling or just wanting to travel. Um, I think a lot of people, especially last year, got a rude awakening. Right. That anything can happen that can change your life, right? Like that could be out of your hands, right? So if you had goals and aspirations, like, oh, I'm going to be doing all this traveling and then COVID comes around and all of a sudden all that is stopped, right? You almost take for granted the opportunities you had to do it beforehand. So I think we're going to see this influx of people who are not going to allow that opportunity to travel to pass them by, but it, that, that's why I'm glad you're on the show because like we want, we don't want you to pass on that opportunity, but we definitely want you to do it safely, right? Like and and if if you got questions, like if you can't answer questions, like what is the healthcare system like? What does the hotels need? What like the, your your main planning shouldn't be do I need a COVID test or not? There's so much more detail that mm-hmm. has to go into it. And, and if you know you haven't done your work and do your due diligence, please get in touch with Dr. Yvette to like make sure, like, because again, we want, we again, we're not here to tell you don't travel. We just want you to do it safely, not only for you, not only for you know, the family or friends you may be going with, but that community that you're traveling to. Yeah. Right. Like, because we, cause this is, this is again, the pandemic has shown us that this is a worldwide issue and we need to be really thinking about how all of us can come together to really get the common and greater good. So that's, that's, and I, I think, you know, I, I 100%, I, I'll be honest, I'll raise my hand. I definitely was in that invisible crowd kind of brushing off the need for travel insurance. I like, I don't have any travel insurance, but I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'll be good. Like, I'm not going to do nothing crazy. But again, I can, my gallbladder could need to come out while I'm traveling, right? Like, you know, we're not saying like you have to do anything extra right like that would require you to need medical care like my gallbladder my appendix like something can happen where like i do need to seek medical care and and imagine right like if they say like all right where's your american express card where's your where's your visa (laughs) like (laughs) like that would just be and of course i'm like oh what what like because again i'm not i'm not i'm not in kansas anymore like it's so we definitely Mm -hmm. need to make sure we're prepared so again dr yvette first of all thank you right for joining the lunch in the community getting us hip i think this is going to be a, v- a podcast favorite for a lot of people because they're itching again you probably already know it but like they're itching to get up out of the house and and they're not they're not trying to stay local right <laughs> right so let you know you know follow her on all her social links purchase that book um if you're about to travel which i know a lot of y'all plan on doing make sure you get a consultation from her and as always leave us a five-star review podcast spotify wherever you kind of listen to us here on the podcast thank you for coming to the end of the episode it is your truly dr barry pierre i want to give my undying thanks to you for your support just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode hope you were empowered by today's episode please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode and if you have not already done so subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review especially on apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review leave a review there because your support is so 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 valuable for what we're doing here on the lynch learn and everything with pr medical consulting and if you have not done so 
go ahead and join the listserv. To join the listserv, it's very easy. Just grab your phone right now. I'll pause. Join the listserv. You want to text lunch learn pod. Is it all gonna be one word? Lunch learn pod to 44222 and you'll be on the listserv you'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out you'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because i usually tell my listserv members hey this is what i'm working on this are the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on thank you guys you have a blessed day and i'm gonna see you guys next week